man, it's been a while. It feels good to be back. This is Natalie Dellinger, your host of Not Another Wellness Podcast. This is your place that you come to hear inspired individuals share their stories about health, wellness, fitness, entrepreneurship, etc. Taking a little break and we're back and better than ever. This episode I have for you today is with Matt Bernstein, who is currently living in Boulder, Colorado. I was connected to Matt through a, another podcast guest, um, Kelly Ingram from the self-care episode. If you haven't checked that one out, I encourage you to go back and listen. And Kelly was nice enough to connect me to Matt, who lives out here in Colorado, where I am now, and we got to meet up last week. Matt Bernstein is the founder of the Boulder Movement Collective, which is a discipline of fitness and movement that is taught primarily by Ido Portal, and he will talk about him a lot in this episode. And it's great. It's great for so many reasons. It was one of my favorite recordings because while Matt and I were talking, we're in his kitchen up in Boulder and, you know, so much else of was going on. Like his kids were there. Um, they just went down for a nap. He had other people around the house, his dog, and you can hear all of this going on as we talk. And it's a really great way to get the full picture of Matt's life. It was like more immersive than most of the interviews that are done kind of separately in a closed off room away from everything. I really got a look into his lifestyle and got to see firsthand all the toys he has for his kids, the way, you know, we talk a lot about parenting in this episode. And Matt really explains the importance of movement um, for so many reasons. And he has a background in CrossFit, actually, which is something obviously speaks to me as a CrossFitter. Um, but he left CrossFit to pursue movement through the teachings of Ido Portal. And it's just really interesting and really inspiring to hear what he's built in Boulder, this community that he has. If you're in the area, make sure, well, first of all, make sure you listen all the way through because Matt has a special deal he's offering for the listeners. But if you are visiting Boulder and want to check out, he's offering a free class um, for everyone that's listening. So make sure you listen to the end. He also has some really good tidbits of information. We talk about the number one movement you should be doing every day creating this micro habit and how it could benefit your life. And it's something anyone can do. You don't need a gym. You don't need to be athletic. You don't need to be fit. You don't need to be old or young. You uh, can benefit so greatly from this one practice. And I think it's something you're all going to want to hear about and, and start practicing. And I will say, since talking to Matt, I have practiced this movement more. Even though it's something I can do pretty naturally, it's definitely he, he shed light on why it's so important. And just an overall very interesting human has such a good story to tell is so passionate you can hear it through every single word that he says and if you can't tell I'm really excited and fired up and loved the chat with him um and it had been a little while since I had interviewed somebody so it was nice to kind of get back into that seat and I'm excited for you guys to hear it so without any more delay here is the episode with Matt Bernstein from the Boulder Movement Collective all right hi everyone welcome to not another wellness podcast this is natalie dellinger uh today i have an episode for you i'm sitting with matt bernstein so hi matt hi <laughs> i know you began teaching movement in brooklyn so you're originally from the east coast we're recording in boulder colorado and you've worked with golden globe 
winning actors, Tony Award winning actors. Other things I know, you were a ski patroller and a retired firefighter. So why don't you take us back to like what movement is and what you do at the Boulder Movement Collective? Yeah, um, it's that's a big question. And it's kind of always the question um, that everyone's wondering, like, what is this whole movement thing? It's just a, a, a deeper or even for some people in the beginning, just an, an exploration of the, the body that we have and what we can be doing with it. Um, most people come to us because they either have some kind of pain or they're working in some kind of discipline, whether it's like a, a fitness background or yoga or martial arts, and they just sort of want to maybe take things in a different direction, but still continue to learn more about their body. The, the movement thing is a, it's very potent. It's really important. Uh, in my opinion, it, the most difficult thing to do is to actually sit down and talk about it. You know, it's <laughs> definitely something that's that's best kind of experienced in person, and that's where I think we get a lot of work done. You know, it's like actually doing the work in in person. Yeah, it's a big thing. Even sitting here, I'm like, yeah, I, I can explain it, it's but a it's lot. It, yeah. it's a lot. There's a lot. Well, I happened to check out your Instagram account yesterday for the Boulder Movement Collective, and what I saw was. Um, like a partner exercise maybe and someone's flicking a deck of cards at someone and they're trying to like catch it or hit them so I was like what is this like this is really interesting yeah so what was that so that's so that's an interesting one so Ido our teacher Ido Portal who's uh, 100% the inspiration behind the facility and also um, essentially like the the person who's putting together all of this work Mm -hmm. Um, that was something that we worked on with him a couple of years ago when he was preparing to help Conor McGregor with uh, the boxing match that he did against Floyd Mayweather. It was just something that, that um, Ido was putting together as like a way of, you know, like cards or cards move all over the place. If you throw the card, it's a little bit erratic. So it's different than say like a ball where you kind of can judge where it's going. Right. So it's just one of these things. It's like, it's, it's more of a footwork drill than it is like a hand-eye coordination drill. Mm-hmm. Most people would be like, oh, it's hand-eye. But in reality, it's just this thing of like, how do I change direction quickly? Do I know where my center of mass is? All these things that kind of make sense for everybody. Mm-hmm. But obviously for somebody preparing for um, like a boxing match, it's just a different way to, to approach um, footwork. You started, um, you're from the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk me through how you got into this, how you became a student of Edo. Yeah, so it's a uh, it's interesting. Like there now, I feel like I'm so far removed from. I always used to talk about like the firefighting thing and all of that, and I'm so far removed from it now. It's been almost seven years that it's kind of like it's interesting to think back about that. But essentially, I just as a firefighter was this kind of overweight guy who only would ski and drink beer, and um, and being a fireman kind of makes you realize like I should probably be able to do things like help people in uh, the worst day of their lives. And I started getting involved in CrossFit. I really enjoyed CrossFit. I got a lot out of it. It was sort of like the, you know, it was like the thing that got me off the couch and started kind of going down this rabbit hole. Um, And from there, moved back to Brooklyn, to New York. I really loved what I was getting from CrossFit. And at the time, it was like, it was it. And then once you kind of get exposed to what we're doing now, it's sort of like once I know the truth, it's really hard to kind of go back. And I, there was a lot of elements of CrossFit that I really loved theoretically. Like we talked about balance and coordination and, and agility and all this stuff. But in reality, 
we weren't necessarily addressing those things or practicing them so much. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's mostly, it's a great thing if you want to develop an engine, like meaning like you want to be very fit for the sake of being fit. It's great. But in reality, like very few things come at you from just straight ahead, you know, like most things in life are not linear. Um, and in this practice we do linear movement still, but, but we're also like, taking things in, in all of the different planes of the body and exploring, uh, moving in and out of positions that you're not seeing, um, in, in most fitness world. Right. You know? So how did you first find out about this other modality? Yeah. So somebody sent me, um, one of Vito's early videos, just essentially it was like a six minute conversation with, uh, or essentially like a six minute edit of a conversation with some videos of him doing some of his work and it was just uh, again one of these things I saw it and I was like this is like this is it <laughs> this is this is somebody who's talking about it and also then seeing him do the work meaning like seeing the amazing things that he was doing capable of yeah yeah and like it was it was it's like heavy it's heavy because you know you go into fitness not necessarily with this idea of like I want to be fit for just like the sake of it but you're kind of like I I want to be able to do things and I want to yeah. be able to play and I want to be able to be capable like, yeah just be... like go upside down right and why not and not be in pain and be able to like for me things like doing a bridge you know like an arch and like going backwards was crazy scary and I never had a process to it and I did a lot of yoga in New York and like I never had no I had people giving me suggestions of ways to get better but I never had anyone saying like look let's just think about it in a very simple way how about you just elevate your feet and because we're not in a yoga room and I have other tools like let's put our feet up on like a 30 inch box and like make sure that you're actually addressing these things not just sort of like doing the big movement and then praying that eventually you'll open up yeah you know so like really looking at a process like I was just a tight muscly crossfit guy yeah (laughs) and and not even that like muscly like I had a client I climbed when I was in high school Mm. so I was pretty good at pulling strength so when I was doing something like a few years ago like one arm chin-ups and stuff that to me wasn't that great of a feat Mm. to me what's a great feat now is the the comfort that I have moving in and out of the floor from like a squat into a bridge and like for me that's the interesting thing or like moving my spine in ways that are just actually moving the spine not hinging for like a deadlift Mm -hmm. but in more of like an expressive like more of like looking at it from a dance Mm. point of view and it's like for guys like bound up guys and bound up there's plenty of bound up women too it's like opening up all of these spots that we're not used to being open in and it's like uh it can be pretty heavy, you know, like emotionally for a lot of people to do yeah. that. Who might feel like stuck. Yeah. So what is Ito's background? Like, where did he get this from? So Ito essentially was a capoeira teacher. Um, and in Israel, capoeira is pretty big. Like, it's a pretty big thing from what I understand from and afar. what is that exactly? Yeah, capoeira I don't know that I've heard that Capoeira is a Brazilian martial art. Okay. Um, and essentially, the story I've always been told is that slaves couldn't do any form of kind of you know, like hand-to-hand combat kind of thing. So they created this somewhat dancey looking martial art. When in reality, like from what I understand from my friends in Brazil, like you still get, nowadays, you still get kicked and it can be pretty intense. But Hmm. it's kind of a pretty beautiful thing and you learn how to manipulate your body really nicely. 
Um, so, so Ido was doing that, I think, maybe 15 years, had his own school, had his own group. And then um, his journey, from what I understand, was just him going out and trying to go deeper into this idea of what are the, what are the, what's the, what is this fundamental layer of movement, going out to kind of these different experts around the world, and everyone still was just teaching him disciplines versus actually teaching him like what's at the root of these things. Hmm. And something I like, I think that I really like to to steal from him is this idea that every Every person who's in a discipline, whether it's a wrestler and a yogi or a crossfitter and, uh, you know, and, and, and a martial artist, in reality have a lot more in common than they think. Like, it's a definitely a very, like, everyone's a lot closer to each other than, than we think we are. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just trying to find the, the, common, the common threads, you know, like rhythm, mm-hmm. mobility, um, like a lot of this basic stuff, like the ability to to move and organize the spine, right. footwork, like yeah, like can you deal with objects? Can you deal with yourself? Can you deal with a partner? Do you have nowadays like a big focus is the internal practice? It's like a it's like a somatic breathing and meditative mm. practice we do we're doing quite a lot more of now. I saw that in your Instagram as well. Yeah, and <laughs> breathing it's, exercises. Well, it's cra- it's crazy for me like as like as a neurotic East Coaster. To sit still for 30 minutes is is intense. To sit still for five minutes when we first started a few years back was a nightmare. Right. I, and, I can't now, and now it's a huge part of my day-to-day. And it, what's nice is in this kitchen where we're sitting, um, like three days a week, there's a group of people that come in here at like 5, 15 in the morning, and we sit for like an hour. Um, and and meditate, Yeah, we just meditate. There's a group of people that come in here. We meditate wow. for like 45 minutes to an hour. Then we make coffee, have a morning, all before my sons wake up. And wow, so is yeah. are those um, friends, clients? Friends, yeah, they're all friends. Like um, they're either teachers at my facility or students at my facility. Um, and there's a great group of students that we have, and it's welcome to everybody. And it's uh, it's a huge part of it. Like this whole thing started. The Boulder Movement Collective started because I was tired of training alone. And I was tired of training alone in facilities that didn't necessarily inspire me to do the things that I wanted to do. Like I know places like dance schools have mirrors, but dance schools also only have a floor. So there's this thing of like, I want to have a mirror. The only mirror in most CrossFit gyms is in the bathroom. Right. If, if so that. If yeah. that, right? So like I would go to a, the one of the CrossFit gyms here and I would be in the bathroom doing like my spine work in the bathroom so people would walk in and I would just be there doing my spinal waves spinal waves in the bathroom so it's just yeah. one of these things of like I wanted a group of people to do this with to share it with because I think it's a it's it's incredibly inspiring it's incredibly um, like it's a holistic approach to this amazing body that we have um and at the same time, it's also it's also scary and it's heavy stuff and it, and it requires the support of other people to help you through it because it's not easy, like it's not an easy thing and there are, and unfortunately, because it's not an easy thing and we intentionally make it challenging, it's not necessarily everybody can sustain it or it's not necessarily um, like something that everybody wants to be involved in. You know, like not everybody wants to unpack things that come with 
yeah, it opening sounds up the body a little bit. Like there's an, a huge emotional component to this, and maybe the stiffness in the body is related to yeah. other s- things that are stuck in your life or yeah. your habits or your weaknesses or whatever. Yeah, 100%. So back to, okay, so you got exposed to life outside of CrossFit, um, which is so interesting because, yeah, well, because I do CrossFit and I can Uh totally relate. So how did you get out here from from East Coast? So I lived, so I grew up in Connecticut. uh, And after I, I went to college, I spent a year in Vermont. And uh, Vermont is the, it's beautiful and I love it, but it's freezing. No offense, Vermonters. <laughs> I love you. Thanks for letting me be there for a short time. Um, and uh, some friends from college were moving out to Steamboat here in Colorado and I just packed up and left. And uh, I, that was where I was a ski patroller and a fireman as well. Okay. Um, and so I loved being here. I loved being in the state and I, I don't see myself ever leaving. Mm. Steamboat, as much as like I am still in love with so many of my friends that are still there, it was a little small for me. I think living, from, you know, moving from the East Coast to Steamboat was amazing, but after a while, I just felt a little small. Brooklyn moved back there. Brooklyn is a little big, uh, and so my wife had gone to see you here in Boulder to uh, the university, and it was just an easy thing. We just one day we were sitting in the bathtub on New Year's Day and we were like let's get out of here we both were like alright let's go back but yeah that was it we just wanted to we wanted to live somewhere that was an inspiring place and um, Boulder is not the most beautiful place in Colorado but it's a beautiful place the mountains are right there and we also can support a community of people interested in the work yeah so when did you open uh, Boulder Movement Collective then? we opened two and a half years ago so February 2016 um, on a snowy day with a ton of people in there. We almost broke the like the monkey bars. We had like 85 people on there. Oh, my gosh. So nowadays I'm like freaked out so 20 you, people on it. So Yeah. But, so you got the space. You found people that were interested or? Yeah, I had been. So I had just had started teaching. And again, like I didn't move here necessarily wanting to open up my own school. It wasn't necessarily like we moved here for that. I just was, I was teaching out of a CrossFit gym, like five classes a week, like movement classes, like not gymnastic classes with like, and I would try to sneak in some movement because again, like it's, you know, it's not for, it's not like if you're into the CrossFit stuff and then someone starts making you move their, your spine, people are not going to necessarily want to do that. So I had to sneak it in, in the beginning. Um, and what was nice was I actually found some really, most everyone who came with me from that class is still with me today. And what's nice is they're all like such a different group of people. Like it, it's not like everyone came in and they're like these like really disciplined people. They just saw something that was important to them and decided like, I'm in mm-hmm. like wherever you want to go. Let's, let's do it. What did the classes uh, look like? Like talk us through. Yeah. So, so movement, so we have a movement class, two hours, um, which again is a huge thing. It's a huge time commitment. It's a huge time commitment. And it was a recommendation that Ido gave us. We were doing 90 minute classes and he just sort of gave us the push to go to two hours and, and we needed to go to two. And it's a, it's amazing. We can get so much done because we're not doing two hours of fitness. And that's what kind of scares people is like, yes, of course you can't do a two-hour CrossFit class. But 
if the first part of the class is to get in, get into the spine a little bit and start to move the spine in some different ways, start to learn essentially like this term that we like to use is a software update. So exploring new patterns in the spine, doing some basic mobility in the hip, um, in the shoulders. And for the most part, what we're doing right now is we take on a focus or, or two, and we'll look at those focuses for around four to six weeks. So like right now, our focus is footwork. So we're doing all these sort of basic um, footwork from like a, more of a tactical, almost more of like from a martial arts standpoint, or even something that could be used for at basic at like tennis or basketball or something like that. Agility. So yeah, more of that style, not necessarily from a dance footwork. Um, so we're addressing that right now and we come up with ways of doing isolated work where we sort of keep things a little bit slower, explain them to them what these positions should look like. We do a little bit of scenarios where we start to get them actually doing it in, um, movement and then we'll do a little bit more where we're having a partner maybe dictate where they go. And just to get people a little bit more aware of like where, like I said earlier, where's my center of mass in relation to my feet? Mm. Am I actually in balance? Like I think I am because even standing is something I've been working on a lot and I'm not in the balance I thought I was like, I'm always, even now it's like I'm like leaning forward. forward. Right. But well, yeah, that actually, I took a theater class in college mm-hmm. and we did warm ups where he'd be like, All right, what's leading you while you walk now? Think about your hips leading you. Think about your feet leading you. Think yeah. about your head leading you. And like just playing with different positions, yeah. body to just become more aware of it. Yeah. And it's huge. I mean, it's a big thing. And actually was, we have, we have quite a few theater students that, study with us so it's funny you bring that up yeah but yeah there's all these little things that not that that people aren't necessarily thinking about um in the day-to-day life and these are things that if i'm an olympic lifter wildly important to know where my center of mass is if i'm a basketball player if i'm a wrestler these are all things that will either that make a huge difference of like catching the snatch in the right position or not being taken down in a wrestling scenario and it's just this very basic fundamental work but most people skip over it because it's not sexy Mm. like it's not interesting for a lot of people right it's not a quick and intense workout it's not it's It's not intentional um yeah so most people who come to the boulder movement collective doing other types of fitness or sports Um, would you say i would say there's a big mix there's some people everybody because it's colorado everyone is is active um, so the majority of people are doing something else, like whether it's their, uh, downhill bike riders or they're martial artists or they play rec soccer or they're a yoga teacher. Everyone kind of has something else that they're working on. Even us, we're out doing some research and you know, like I just came from a jujitsu class right now and we're, we're out there exploring things a little bit. Always, though, through the lens of movement, and I would I would say that if you talk to most of our students who've been with us for six months, they would say that it's hard to not be constantly thinking about things through that lens because it's somewhat of an eye-opening situation where mm-hmm. you're like, it's hard to go to a class and not be thinking about it like, oh, huh, that should, uh, he said something or that teacher said something, but I can look at it from this perspective too, and it's 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 potent. Yeah, it's potent. So I'm curious about the ways in which this has impacted the rest of your life. So 
in terms of, I don't know if it's just discipline or like how you carry yourself, how you sit down. Like I'm noticing my posture now, <laughs> like leaning over like this, but, um, yeah. Like what kind of impact are either from you or your clients? Like what, what's the feedback? Yeah. I mean, so there's a couple of things. I think in the beginning it was this thing where like I was, al- I was teaching alone. I started this thing with the help of, uh, Nate, um, who's in San Francisco now who was helping me kind of with the business side of things, but it was really just me teaching all of the classes in the beginning. Um, and Devin taught one class a week. Uh, so I taught like 17 for the first three months. Wow. And in month two, Jack, my oldest son was born and that was pretty heavy. So like Jack was born, we were in the hospital and I went and taught and it was pretty heavy. So the next baby, I took some time off. Yeah. <laughs> but what's amazing is now, so luckily, like I was able to bring Zach Feiner in from Seattle, who was uh, essentially like say a savior of of everything um, in regards to the quality of what we were doing, in regards to giving me some time to get a uh, like have a day off, yeah, and see my family. And same thing now, bringing in Liav, who came over from Israel. Um, I think it's been eight months since she's been here full time. So to have those teachers to share this with and then all of our apprentice teachers has been amazing. For the sake of how I feel in my day-to-day, it's I feel completely different. And I didn't, not necessarily in this like very, like, I feel like a new person, <laughs> but I sort of feel like I have a little bit more understanding that I don't know everything. Uh, and I've sort of let go of that and I just do my best to continue to download as much as of the important stuff as I can when it comes to work. Um, it's, it's a 24 hour obsession, so it's hard to drop that. Um, and what I've been trying to do is figure out a way to make it so that family time isn't me just doing my movement practice the whole time. So I've been trying to figure out ways that are healthy to do that. And I think that's probably a challenge for most people who are obsessed with things. Definitely. Most entrepreneurs probably. It's How just, do you stop working? Yeah. It's, it, it's the, I've at least, the interesting thing is I've at least stopped this thing of like checking emails and all of the quote unquote like work elements of it. But it's hard like with a two year old and two and a half year old and a one year old to not want to go upside down <laughs> with them and, and to share this with them all right. the time. So it's very rare that you would come in here and see us doing anything but being like an insane family. Um, <laughs> yeah. What does it look like? <laughs> I'm so it's curious. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it's essentially like there's balls and Michaela can back me up on that, but yeah. there's about She's 600 <laughs> balls everywhere. Yeah. Jack, uh, it, How every, is Jack Jack's two and a half. So it's like we live near a bunch of parks. If he's not playing tennis in the, on the tennis court down the road there's like a city park right there with a tennis court he's got a tennis racket in his hand or a baseball bat on his hand or a baseball glove or a football and the football is eating a dinosaur like he's a normal kid but it's also like because he's just a kid and I'm this crazy guy interested in like sharing and learning right. from them especially it's, interesting as a kid like how, how can you have a child learn in their world that way yeah and like I just let sport? him lead me like they're the ones who should yeah, be leading that's true me. yeah and they have a natural like a knack for that almost 100 percent. and they and it's something in may when i was talking with Ido when he was here like sitting at the table at this table we were i was talking about how one time in some seminar he said and this is before i had kids like 
don't be, if you ever have kids, don't be that parent who moves their leg while the baby is trying to crawl over the leg. Like make the baby crawl over your leg. It's actually hurting them by you not putting some kind of obstacle in front of them. And it's, you know, one of these things where like my grandma, when we're back on the East Coast, will be yelling at me because I'm making the boys do something. Like do things? Yeah. And Michaela too, she's like... Oh, I love this Oof. topic. Yeah. She's like making them do all like this let crazy them stuff. learn that way. Yeah, make it, make it tough, make it... Yeah. yeah. It's soup. They, yeah, we frustrate, right. we frustrate the hell out of them. I'm so intrigued by that. I feel like yeah. that we don't do that. Right. You're building them up to be explorative, to yeah. fail. And it, probably, you they know, fail, like to experience. Yeah, we almost force the failure upon them. Like, I've been throwing balls at them since they were young. Like, softballs, but like all this, like, constant stimulation and like a good sense of stimulation. But yeah, this place is crazy. My neighbors are all teachers at, at the facility. So they're, they're always over here. There's always people in the house. It is an insane place to live. Um, there's always people here. There's always people staying here. We always have visitors. The kids are being raised by like 70 people. Um, and it's that, It goes thank, back to that community thing. It's saying. 100% it, you know? And yeah. I want... it. And raising kids is not easy. So for anyone that doesn't have kids out there, like don't think it's that easy because it is not. Yeah. But it's one of those things of... Um, like I feel like we're giving them uh I feel like we're giving them a really nice introduction into a really tough world and we're not being mean to them we're just making them do some work and trying to develop like seeing what comes out of it I'm not trying to develop them I'm just trying to sort of give them some things to deal with and see what comes out on the other end and when I come in the door I try to like be fully involved with the fact that I'm here and like every time I come in I try to make it this not a scene but I I want them to be pumped when I walk in the door and so I I forget who said it and I'm sorry if I don't I'm credit where credit's due I apologize but somebody once said like if you walk in the door every day and you had a shitty day at work and you have a shitty day at work a lot your kids aren't gonna see you aren't going to be excited when you walk in the door. But if you come in the door, even if you had a shitty day and you are pumped to see them, then they will smile and reach for you and be happy and come run up and hug you when you come through the door. Yeah. And I think that's just a good way to think about it. Like you got to get, right. get over it because when it comes down to it, like yeah. you, you got to figure out ways to, even if you got to fake it for a little bit, like you got to just well, do the it. the power of, like that positivity almost yeah. is is contagious. Like you're saying, like your kids can feel your energy. Yeah, and people in general can feel your energy. Yeah, one hundred percent. When you walk into a room, it's 100%. very one hundred percent. Can't hide from that. So yeah. how do you like push past that? And um, I'm curious about like your daily rituals. Like it's you wake up early. Like yeah. talk us through a normal day. I'm sure. So I I wake up early every I would say like five out of seven days. I set my alarm for at least an hour before the boys wake up. Sometimes I meditate. Sometimes I read. Sometimes I catch up on crappy TV. But I just do, or sometimes I do some work because it is tough for me after 7 a.m. Um, to like actually respond to emails. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I always wake up an hour before the boys because I just need some quiet time. And especially this time of year, like it's dark, it's really nice. It's, it's like moody. I can make coffee and yeah. sit. Yeah. Um, and then from there, it's one of these, it's this thing like, okay, the boys are up. Perfect. Like I get to spend that hour and a half with them before I go into the facility. And sometimes we just sit and play with like or paint. We painted this morning. So it's not always crazy. I hop on my bike, go into work. And then it's sort of one of these things where it's like, I'm either teaching the 9 a.m. class or I go in and I have a program. Um, Ido sends us programming and we follow I was going to ask about that. Yeah. Yeah, like, he... so, yeah, we have programming that we get. Um, and then we also have projects that we're working on as well. We're training easily four hours a day, six days a week. But yeah, the, ma- the majority of the time from essentially 8.30 in the morning until around 8 at night, I'm teaching and training. And the training is, is everything from, again, it's it's programmed, so we look at things for a little while. It's not like we just randomly do things. Um, yeah, and so we're, we're working on these tasks, on these projects, and most of them are take a long time to, you know, like the spine is something I've been working on, and I feel like sort of like uh, anything else where if you're doing it enough, you find there's another layer and another layer, and it can always go deeper and get better. Um, and then... And then we're trying to share this in a way with people that makes sense and that doesn't feel like it's just beating them up. And again, this word holistic, I think, is a little tough, but I think it's what we're doing, like a real holistic approach to to movement. Yeah, I I guess one of my last questions would be people that aren't in Boulder or any of these major cities, what would be like a little tip for keeping yourself like what can someone do small scale biggest thing that I would say for anybody to add into if there's one thing I think it's to sit in the resting squat position Hmm. I think it's uh, it's something that Ido exposed us to a while ago Um, we we do it a lot um, that's just like all like as long yeah, as you can go and, and yeah and, and the thing is like for someone like me who couldn't sit with my heels flat in a resting position meaning like you know you're out camping you gotta go you know in the woods that that's what I'm talking like hanging mm-hmm. out like in that position squat. Yeah. yeah like but that was a challenge that he put out and there's a lot of stuff on the internet about it but accumulate throughout the day 30 minutes and for me I started with like a book maybe like a 300 page book under both heels and if your heels are elevated, it makes it a lot more tolerable. So hmm. you actually would do it. And there's this thing that a friend of mine, Henry, uh, keyed me in on a couple of months ago is this idea of like a micro habit. And so every time nowadays I think about squatting, like if it comes to my head, like if we weren't talking right here, I would just hop on the floor and sit for a minute and like answer an email in a squat. Um, and to me, that was one of the biggest life that was one of the biggest life changes in just a simple little task like that. Like I had chronic Achilles tendonitis. I went to every doctor and <laughs> it got rid of it in wow. like in 11 days. And I'm talking like I spent thousands of dollars. And I think it's an issue of you don't make money off of it. So no one writes a book about sitting in a squat because it's a very short book. It's like a two sentence book. Right. Sit in a squat, sit in squat and it will help for you. a long time. And not even a long time. I'm 30 seconds to a minute. And for most people out there, whether you're a yoga teacher or a martial artist or whatever it is, a dancer, um, like a dad, like whatever it is, especially if you're a dad, like you, you got to be able to go down yeah. there. One of my first ever students, um, Scott, who's a, who's a doctor back in New York, 
he was in, I think, sorry, Scott, but I think he was in his 50s when we first started working, and he had young kids. And the first time he ever went down into a squat after we had started working together and played with his kids in a squat, like, he came in bawling the next day, like, crying. He was playing with his kids crying because he actually got down into a position where he felt comfortable playing with his twin kids. And so one of these things of just, like, it's so simple if you put a little bit of time and effort into it and you do it in a way that's like, like I like the idea of put something under your heels and mm-hmm. don't just do it without that because it won't get better. Hmm. And as you start to feel more comfortable then you get a 200 page book, you know, and then eventually it's down to like something that's paper thin and then eventually the floor and it's like knee health, ankle health, yeah, I was gonna foot, say, what are the hips, just- there's digest, people will say digestion change, spine health, there's all of this stuff just from a basic health standpoint, um, that's wow. remarkable. And then once you have that position, then you can actually be down there and you can kind of play in that position. And again, it's not something that most people are doing, but who's doing it? Kids. Right. And then they go, you know, they go to school and they get older. And they we, sit. Yeah, they we force them stiff. to. We right. force them into these chairs. Yeah. And like our kids, we have we let them sit in chairs, but we also like. They're playing a lot. And I'm sitting in a chair now. It's okay. Like, it's just, but it's <laughs> yeah. one of these things of like, I, I just try to make sure that I'm, I almost, this is sort of cheesy, but like I earned the right to sit in a chair. It's so cool to come from a place of not having any of this at my disposal. Like I was a terrible athlete. <laughs> I played fourth varsity soccer in high school. And then I just stopped playing sports because I was terrible. I mean, most people don't even know there is such thing as no, fourth varsity. No, I never heard of that. Fourth. <laughs> Not JV, but two more below wow, that. Wow, yeah. And now to have this thing where I am referred to in the jiu-jitsu school by the, by the head professor, who I respect a ton, as the athletic kid. Like, this, it's a very different thing. And it is, you asked earlier about it, it is, I do feel different, but at the same time, I feel different with this humble sense of like, I still have so so much to learn and so many amazing things ahead of me. Yeah, it just sounds like a very uh, collective community and for the better of your body and just being able to age gracefully in a way too and maintain like your things you love, like be able to play with your kids, be active, be feel good. That's awesome. Uh, so where can people find you? Yeah. Social and email or, yeah. Phone yeah. Or so we're at Boulder Movement Collective. Uh, we have a new website. Check it out. Cool. BoulderMovementCollective.com. Uh, on Instagram, we're Boulder Movement Collective. We are, yeah, that's probably the best place to get a hold of us. Um, Instagram, we love talking with people. We don't get a million DMs like everyone, so we still respond. Yeah, yeah. We only have like 10,000 followers, so... Um, yeah, and on there, we're trying to just post... Everything we're posting on there is our students. We're not posting people who come in and they are already, like, super talented people. So everything um, that you see on there is students that we've brought from essentially zero to that place. And I think that's a good reminder because most people are like, no way I can do that. Mm-hmm. And in reality, the same person in that video said the same thing. Right. Um, cool. Yeah, and then, yeah, the first... Um, yeah, I would say like if you have any questions, just uh, shoot us a message on on the website or come in and take class. And yeah, if you're in Colorado, first class on me if you're here. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs>
That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. I was super interested to hear more about it and, um, sounds like a pretty amazing community and way to maintain your health and yeah, very intrigued. So thanks for your time. Nice. You're, awesome. you're very welcome. <laughs> Thanks so much to Matt for agreeing to meet with me and give some of his time for the interview. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Please check out my Instagram page for upcoming episodes. We're going to have a few more in the coming weeks, which I'm excited about. And if you have any questions or comments, as always, please feel free to email me or send me a message on Instagram. My email is notanotherwellnesspodcast at gmail.com. And my Instagram handle is nat. Surely nomadic, um, Nat being the first word of that. And so great to have you guys as listeners. It really means so much. Um, and I've been getting some really awesome feedback from some of you through social media primarily. And it really makes such a big difference to hear that people are listening and you like the content we're putting out. It just makes me really happy and feel like, um, you know, it could be impacting other people outside of myself. So also would really love it if you could head over to iTunes and give me a reading for the podcast that helps so, so much. And, uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening and stay tuned. We're having some new episodes coming out and I'm really excited. So I will talk to y'all then. Bye guys.